So um, I know the timing has been a bit wonky, Canary Cast listeners, because Janet and I have both been doing things outside our normal routine, I think. Hi, Janet Hanscom. Dees Goyle, Debbie Happish. Happy <laughs> St. David's Day to everybody. Is it today? Today is David's Day, the 1st of, of March. March. And we have Patrick's Day coming up soon. Spring, apparently. Of spring. It is, it is. But I feel the warmth on my back from my office in the Adeke Cultural Centre. And you are up in, in your lovely mountains. Um, and if people are looking at the photograph that we have posted with this podcast, can I begin by offering my condolences, Janet, on the death of a very dear... Um, my cuddler-in-chief. Yeah, friend. yeah. We, you know, you get used to it when you keep chickens and they all have their own little personalities, which surprises people often because they just look like a flock of chickens. But they do have. I've had a very silly one who was also the prettiest. And I've had a very Did matronly one. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And with Izzy, who's here right now, is um, she looks like a dinosaur. But Tiggy was the most cuddly chicken I've ever known in 40 odd years of keeping them and it is a picture of her having a cuddle with you yes well I I had never in cuddled kitchen. a chicken in my life and I would just <laughs> I was, was up in your cuddly. house for a, a quiet lunch <clears throat> and <laughs> Tiggy decided to pop in to say hello and you said pick her up and give her a cuddle and I went yeah. really and yeah. I it was astonishingly soft and she yeah. leant into it it was lovely she did she used to come and ask for a cuddle and she would walk on my lap and almost fall onto my chest to be picked up. And so, oh, she was a dear little thing. And so she's gone and uh, flying free. And dear Tiggy. We're not going to get any more for the moment because we've, I mean, we've still got Izzy. And when she goes, we, are, we aren't going to get any more to introduce stress for her. These are flock creatures, so I'm not comfortable about keeping one on its own. But... We have got down to one, and I'm not going to get more because uh, Jeremy wants to redesign the whole coop so that we can have even more. I'm not sure about that either, but there. <laughs> would would Izzy resent new arrivals at this yes, stage? Yes, she would attack them. Okay. So how's she doing? For the change. She's Does doing okay. I mean, she she was in a panic for a couple of days, and um, she's now calmed down. And we we've, we've changed her routine so that she's spending a lot more time indoors with us. Good. So that we are we are now her flock. Okay. So she's she's not she's not isolated or on her own. Yeah. But, uh, there would be people listening going, "What? What are but you talking?" I get this. You I know. love my chickens. I yeah. love my chickens. Yeah. yeah. I I, I am a, I'm more of a cat person, um, and people go, "Oh yeah, there she is, the old cat lady." Well, <laughs> I have Jake at the moment, and Jake has me, and we get on. We yes. serve each other's needs and we kind yes. of look after each other. And you you now have Izzy, Tiggy, dear, dearly departed, um, yes. who we all love very much. And, you know, there will be more. There will, there will be, be quite a few more. And I tell you one thing, Tia, I'm, I'm not again going to have this particular crossbreed, which is what you get when you buy from an agri-co-op okay. or um, a normal supplier, because these are the birds that are designed crossbred in order to lay and lay and lay and lay for two or three years and then just essentially die and I I so disagree with this sort of genetic manipulation to create something that serves our purposes and doesn't do them any favors at all so we found a place in the north 
where you can buy purebred, and I think they're silkies, which are very, very cuddly, like they're like little pets. Oh, so we'll sweet. have a house. I can I can see it coming. Jeremy's redesigning the coop. We'll have a house full of the damn things. Well, I want to be invited to the coop warming. <laughs> the coop christening. <laughs> the coop christening. That's great. That's great. I'm sure we can make a do of it. And speaking so. of do's, actually, we haven't spoken on the Canary Cast since a lovely, lovely lunch a few weeks ago with the British ambassador with Helen, with Mary Suarez, with Monica, with Penny, and with Deepika, all from the British Consul, and with you as the guest of honour, because at last, at last, at last, you got the medal. I did. I got my gong um, at, at last, my badge, as you called it. Um, it, it. It was much delayed, and I could have had it a year ago if I'd been prepared to go to the UK. But it, it, it just felt wrong, <clears throat> apart from COVID, and apart from not enjoying travelling anyway. Um, I didn't want to have it there. I, I wanted it to be here. It's where I've, I've done all what I've done to merit it. And uh, so that had to wait until everybody could come down together. Um, this is your yeah. this is your well-deserved, long-awaited MB. And in fact, I did I interviewed the, the ambassador and he did say that it is one of the nicest parts of his job is yeah. is giving these MBs because it's meeting people who have done something fantastic and are getting the thanks that they deserve. And he was very, very genuinely warm and nice about it. I mean, it, it he never felt that it's a duty. It is yeah. more of, of you know, a, an added bonus to his work. Absolutely. I got that impression as well. I, I always do with him. He, he, he seems a very genuinely nice, warm person. And mm. so does his wife, Tony. Yeah. But as you can imagine some of the things they have to do and, and this where everybody's happy, everybody's glad to see them and they're getting a lunch and people are delighted and they, they aren't having to do all the formal diplomatic yes. stuff. That they Which they had done previously that day. they'd done already that morning. With and the mayor of course, of uh, right now... Um, an ambassador from the UK to any country or any ambassador in any country is beset with problems of a different type mm. because there's an international concern over what's happening in, in Ukraine. So Which we're coming you can imagine on to. the sort of things they have to deal with normally. Yeah. So, yeah, he, he, he was happy to be there, I think. And, and so were we all. It was, it was probably, as you say, probably the calm before the storm. And I mean, I was thinking, are people going to say, well, it's Canary Cast. They don't have any need to talk about the war in Ukraine. First of all, you and I are both political animals. We couldn't not yeah. talk about it because it's kind of filling our waking moments. But also, I mean, last week with my English Time programme, um, the war had just started that morning and I was trying to find someone from Ukraine who lives here because there is there's three or 400 people registered as resident in Adeki from Ukraine and over a thousand Russians. And I spoke to one woman and within about three minutes, she was just sobbing uncontrollably on the phone. Absolutely understandably, the war had just started. She had no idea what was happening with her family. I am still hoping that I can maybe find somebody who might speak to me on the English Time programme today on Thursday. I mean, or if anybody listening to this cast would like to talk to us, because you and I both know, Janet, that these kind of it's not a war that is confined to the territory of Ukraine at all. The, the repercussions and implications are global. They, they certainly are. And you only have to listen to what he was saying the other day, Putin, um, complaining that 
Russia had been not the same despite the USSR from the time when Lenin in 1917 let certain countries go that he shouldn't have let go. Criticizing Lenin from the Kremlin comes across as a bit strange, but it does, he was explicit. Lenin should not have let Ukraine go. Lenin should not have let Finland go. And when he starts talking about Sweden, you think this guy's ambitions are unlimited. Mm. And people have been saying, has he just suddenly gone mad or, or what? And I read a very um, authoritative Russian correspondent only in the last couple of days saying, you haven't been paying attention, basically. Hmm. He's been like this. He is a gangster. And he has been doing this sort of thing and getting away with it for a very long time. And the West has really not known how to react. With each turn of events, with the failure to react appropriately, as it turns out, by the West, he has got more and more daring and more and more prepared to take risks. Where this goes, God knows, I don't think he in his wildest nightmares could have foreseen the united front almost globally. I've never seen anything like it in no. my life. No. And, and even China, even China is unsure about how far they can go. And, and for China to abstain and not support Russia sends a big message. At China. the United Nations yesterday. I mean, I, I thought that was very interesting too. Yeah. And in fact, before we started recording, I said something to you, which you said you had felt yesterday. Um, no, I wasn't alive then, no matter how old people think I am. But I have spoken to <laughs> Irish people who joined the International Brigade to fight in the Spanish Civil War. I mean, young Irish men and women as well as from from other from the UK, from France, from Germany, who who travelled to support a cause, and I'm getting similar vibes when you hear of people who are travelling from their countries that have nothing to do with Ukraine, but who want to join the fight, and it has become this. I mean, I even heard a Ukrainian in 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 a, their lovely accent sp- speaking this morning about David and Goliath. Um, so David and Goliath, and as somebody else said, it's always a lovely story. Unfortunately, Goliath usually wins, but there are more and more people who want to fight beside David. It, it, do you know, it's it's odd. Um, I, I was saying a minute ago, wasn't I, that I don't think he would have in his wildest nightmares imagined such a united response around the world. When you said about the Spanish Civil War, that's exactly what occurred to me yesterday. But, you know, it's a, it isn't only the Spanish Civil War, the Greek civil war as well. There are certain moments in history that, well, it, it's like the old saying is that there's nothing more powerful than an idea whose time has come. And there are certain moments in history where people seem to feel this in their bones. And the Spanish Civil War was one. People coming from all around Western world yes. and further afield to help fight on one side. And same happened in Greece, and the same thing is happening in Ukraine. This is the first in our lifetime where we can experience what it must have been like to watch people going off. You see people saying goodbye. I saw pictures from Dublin Airport. Yes, I did. I saw them. And it's heartrending. You know, people, will they see each other again? This is not something you and I ever expected. No, no, and, and won't have to, hopefully, we'll never have to experience, but but this is very much a changing world, who knows? And what I'm I mean, glad to, what, sorry, what, what I'm glad to see is how 
I, I know it seems irrelevant to many people that Russia has been um, ruled out now of the World Cup, out of the Eurovision Song Contest, out of ballet productions, but this sort of, this is what they call soft power, and yeah. it sends messages, and if Russia is to change, if the regime is to change, if Putin is to be overthrown, it has to come from within Russia. Yeah. And there's a lot yeah. of protests within Russia, and a lot of people in Russia want to see the back, and they are seeing the ruination of their country at his hands. And they need to know the world is with them. And if they see the Eurovision Song Contest, or Russia's taking part, or Russia's taking part in the World Cup, it doesn't show international condemnation. No, it doesn't give no. them any support. They need to see that what Putin is doing really is, as they themselves feel, unconscionable, unacceptable, and internationally deprecated. It, they need to see that. Yeah. So while people might say, well, it's a bit silly, isn't it, talking about the Eurovision Song Contest? No, it isn't. It's all part of a bigger jigsaw, isn't it's it? It's all part of a bigger jigsaw, and it's sending a message. Somebody wrote on Twitter this morning, um, because, you know, I believe that some social media, a lot of the social media is being restricted in yes. Russia, but yes. they said one trick would be to um, find a, a restaurant in Moscow and go to, to review it on Google, but in your review message, actually, you know, send a message of peace and remind people of what was really going on in Ukraine. And I thought, that's really clever and really imaginative. It's a good idea. What a good yeah. idea. Yeah. yeah. And I, I mean, another thing as well, I, I saw in the Diario de Avisos, which is the local Tenerife paper, because we, we wanted to talk about Ukrainians and Russians here, like some Russian residents are feeling very worried um, because they do want people to know they haven't, you know, backed this move. They might be from Russia, but they live here. And I think a lot of them, they haven't been very vocal about which side they're on, but they are feeling personally a bit scared of the kind of public condemnation that they might have to face even just through their daily lives here and that, I don't think that is fair I don't think people who live here should be targeted just because of where they're born or the passport they hold from any country I agree and I, I would just say that if, if they are living here then the chances are very 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 high that they are going to have a more international mindset and mm. see and themselves feel that a, a more liberal have a more liberal outlook and therefore more likely to be in opposition to what is happening in Russia. So we shouldn't be tarring them with no, the with any Our point of condemnation is not against Russia or the Russian people. It is against the regime that is there, run by, let's face it, a gangster yeah. who has used the UK to money launder or allow his oligarchs to enrich themselves and use the UK to money launder. Mm -hmm. as, as a British national, that appalls me as much almost as what Putin is doing in Ukraine now. This has been happening for many, many, many decades. years. Mm. Decades, indeed. And a blind eye has been turned and noses held while money has been taken so that we have ended up with the son of a KGB officer in the House of Lords, no less. That is how high that has gone in the UK. In my own country, we have seen people poisoned in the streets, people with plutonium poisoning in London. A woman died in Salisbury because chemical weapons were used indiscriminately. And now there's a KGB officer's son in the House of Lords. 
the UK needs to wake up and divest itself of dirty money, filthy yeah. money. And I'm afraid to say that many in government are tainted by it and they need to make clear that they are going to wash their hands, literally and figuratively. Extremely That's powerful it. words, Janet. And, and, you know, I'm sure there are other parts of the world where money is also being laundered. But I mean, at the moment, sure. there has been a very big focus on certain parts of London. Um, yes. That's London grad, apparently, it's being called. Exactly. It has been exactly. called over so. the years. And I mean, the only the only financial implications at the moment here, um, and it might seem like small fry and almost irrelevant, but, you know, tourism is being obviously hugely affected because with flights stranded or grounded, both by the Russian authorities and um, by European authorities. So there won't be Russian tourists coming in and Ukrainians are not due to come in. Apparently they don't come in until about April. David Perez, who is from tourism, Turismo de Tenerife has, you know, is across it. Uh, and he says at the moment, we don't have t- Ukrainian tourists in at the moment, but those flights wouldn't be due to begin until April, but God alone knows what will be happening in April. Um, but we do have residents and, you know, I think this, we pride ourselves on being such a multicultural little borough where I'm based and Europe, you're in, you're in, in, in gear there sort of, which is yeah. also tourism dependent and with a big international yeah. resident community. Yeah. So I think it is beholden on all of us to remember that when we're out and about Absolutely. and not to like, I didn't blame my British friends for Brexit, the people who voted for Brexit, maybe I might have spoken to them over a pint and been a little bit critical. You do have to, I think, take a step back. If you meet somebody who lives here from Russia, from Ukraine, let them talk, listen to them. I I think the appropriate response is sympathy. And until they show that they are Putin supporters, the appropriate reaction is sympathy because they are going to be suffering bigly Um, what's going on and I I know yes I agree in a way it's small fry and it's it's completely irrelevant on the global scale but for us here it is not irrelevant we are heavily dependent on tourism and although I've sounded off many a time about mass tourism I I recognize that we need some tourism Mm -hmm. and the authorities here are now beginning to wonder if they will ever stop being hit around the head, you know, reeling from the shock after shock after shock. There was Brexit, then there was COVID. All these things affect tourism. They feel they're just about able to think about maybe getting Head above the parapet, breathing again. And now Russians aren't able to come. And of course, it's not just a case of is airspace um, available because everybody is avoiding Ukraine after Putin, almost certainly Putin, shot down a passenger jet over Ukraine some years ago. Nobody is flying over Ukraine anymore at the moment. Um, The EU has closed EU airspace to Russia, so they can't come. And even if they could, the ruble has crashed. Absolutely, to the lowest ever. they They haven't got the money to do so. So whilst... British tourism and Western European tourism might be restarting here. Scandinavian countries are in no mood to go holidaying right now. They're feeling a little bit nervous. The Russians can't come. 
the Ukrainians aren't due yet anyway. And even when they are, God knows where we'll be. I don't think, I think taking a sun holiday might be the last thing on their minds. Exactly. Uh, Um, You know, unless the war is over and then we should be inviting them with open arms and giving them discounts. Do you know one thing, Claire, that, that struck me over the last few days is this whole sort of, and I, I, I know it sounds anti-British and I'm not anti-British, I'm anti-Tory is what I am. The fact is there, is there is a culture war being waged deliberately almost as a distraction in the UK. And people like you and I are called liberals and woke and Snowflakes all or these, something. you know. The other day, this guy who is the president, Zelensky of Ukraine, He is in the streets, basically staring down tanks in army fatigues. He's an ex-comedian. And now we found out that he did the voiceover for Paddington Bear. I love it. I love it. And he also won the Ukraine version of Strictly Come Dancing. Yes, he did. If there ever was a liberal, arty-farty, woke (laughs) person, he is currently to be found in Kiev staring down Russian tanks while our own prime minister is doing photo ops in Bryce Norton, which some of his supporters are calling front line. That is the difference. And I, on that basis, I'm very, very proud to be a liberal woke. <laughs> Indeed. And, and by the way, looking at the voting, betting for the Eurovision, uh, Ukraine is currently you know, top, top bet to win. <laughs> Which doesn't surprise think, me. And yeah, again, I, I know it's silly people. I know maybe you think we're we're very silly in what we talk about and then how we deal with big world issues. But there's very little else that I can do. Um, I'm not going to go to Ukraine and, and take up arms. I I make a fool of myself and I'd actually probably create more problems than than I could ever solve. Um, but if you know, I think we try and Sometimes we try and just make people smile a little bit, Janet. And yes, true. And also, soft, one should not underestimate soft power. At the moment, there is a film festival or an art festival in, uh, in Venice. And where, whereas Russian participation in cultural events around the world is being pulled, on this occasion, the exhibitors themselves closed their own stand and said, now is not the time for Russia to be showing soft power. Now is the time for Russia to be ashamed of what it's doing. Soft power sends very hard messages at times. And okay, people can think it's silly if they do, but these things all add up, whether it's the World Cup or the Eurovision Song Contest or even the Bolshoi um, residency at the ballet in London, the Royal, National, the Royal Ballet in London was going to have the Bolshoi as a resident troupe in August and that's been cancelled. Yeah. These things then these things I mean even I've, I'm just reading Warner Brothers, Disney and Sony have halted the release of films in Russian cinemas. You know, that's another thing. There was a very world famous conductor who has resigned uh, in the UK because he he won't voice his condemnation of what Putin is doing. So you know these things all add up and while they matter to us because we read about them they hear about them that also trickles back to russia and like you said before the the change has to come from within when it happens the change at the top must come from within Uh, there was a bbc commentator on this morning or yesterday talking about the fact that in the old ussr you had a politburo and the politburo 
was was were also kind of leaders in waiting there was generally four or five of them you know we used to have games who was standing beside Brezhnev uh when they were watching the trooping of the color because that was possibly the next leader and they controlled so there was a group of five or six people who were controlling what was going on that doesn't exist anymore no what is what exists now seems to be Putin and his oligarchs and he has taken them with him as I understand it to his hideout in the Urals um obviously a case of keeping your enemies rather close so that you can see what they're doing it it it, it always has a feel of the sort of the film I don't know if you saw it the uh, death of Stalin I the one did I was talking about it but with family members the other day the wonderful film <laughs> it was wonderful and this it has a feel of that about it still yeah well let's see if, if there will be a part two <laughs> yes I don't know. I don't know. Janet, I'm well, sorry, listeners, if we have been gloomy and single minded, um, but I hope you forgive us. We wanted to do a cast. We haven't talked too much about the Canary Island. Let's finish on a couple of, of information pieces, Janet, um, for people who are coming to the Canary Islands from the UK because they still can. Um, mm-hmm. Confirming that you can now travel if you w- with a PCR search. If either you are under 18, you haven't had your vaccinations or your digital cert is about to run out is longer. Your last vaccination was more than or close to more than 270 days ago. You should be traveling. You should be getting a negative test result yes. before you leave. Isn't that yes. right? That's right. That's as I understand it. Yes. OK, so there have been a few changes. I would always say to people, the best website is hellocanaryislands.com. It is an official website. It's in English. And when you go there, the very top on the yellow strip, you get COVID-19. And you click on that, and you get all the information about how to travel to the Canary Islands, what you need with links to the right sites. And you will need to fill in a Spanish health form before you fly here. Even if you're a Spanish resident, but you're going abroad on your way back, you need to fill in that form as well. Um, and the other thing that has been in some people's minds is driving licenses because we had confirmation recently that the agreement between the Spanish government and the UK government as to allowing residents to continue to use their UK driving license has been extended to April, but people really need to look at changing it now rather than panicking at the last minute. It's unlikely to be extended beyond April. We we have said that driving licenses is going to be a matter of having a test unless you were in time. And it's like the 90 days, isn't it? The, oh they'll they'll sort it out one way or another or they they need us more than we need them they They did sort it out and this is the sorting out and this is the sorting out and as we have tried to explain for years it is not in spain's gift to waive a rule that applies to schengen members and spain is a schengen member and i would just finish with saying that Spain is a solid Schengen and EU member and at the moment is joining the international community in offering refugees from Ukraine free passage, rights to work and live without bureaucratic hurdles. I would just call on the UK, if anyone is listening who has any power whatsoever in the UK, to do the same because at the moment we are looking, well, we are in danger of becoming pariahs from our own inability to behave humanely to people fleeing a war zone. Janet, on that note, on that Happy St. David's Day. Happy St. David's Day. Happy St. David's Day. At least Wales is um, 
bright with daffodils and a green dragon. There you go. And and the sunflower is also the the, the yellow flower of Ukraine. Yes, the so there's, of there's a bit we of a link that. for you. We share that. Okay. Yes. And we'll talk about rugby next time. <laughs> well, we'll talk about Irish rugby, perhaps, shall we? I'm half Irish after all, and I yeah. don't think Welsh rugby this year deserves to be talked about. <laughs> well, well, we'll see. Um, they, we, we had an easy ride against Italy. And there was a, I mean, if we were having a rugby cast, we'd be talking about that rule about hookers and sending offs. But I think people have yes. definitely turned off by now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Listen, we will talk soon. And um, happy St. David's Day. Thank you. And St. Patrick's Day is coming up as well, 17th of March. So, um, by the way, Again, I'm going to do a quick plug. Last thing, if anybody who's listening lives very near the Adeje School of Music, on the 17th of March is the first public meeting in the School of Music with the Adeje Birthday Project. Now, these are the people who have installed nearly 200 solar panels on the roof of the school. And you, if you live nearby, will be invited to become part of the green environment and switch to solar energy. Uh, and so you're there's a public meeting in that school on the 17th of march and there will be more information posted online soon because if this works then it starts spreading to other parts of adeche um so i want this to work because i want it in kaya salvaje absolutely and for those who don't know where the school of music is it is almost opposite the entrance to macadonna yeah yeah, near the, near the, the new police time. station, it has the exactly. coloured panels on the outside. That That's right, it's got the, the rainbow panels on the outside and a big mask, sculpture mask of, of Beethoven. Beethoven. And it's just by the big roundabout. That's right. Okay, so yeah. so keep an eye out for that public meeting, especially if you live within a kind of 150 metre radius of that building, you are probably eligible to be one of the first 140 households to link up to this new energy project. And it's I end you. It's the future. It's the future. Well, hopefully it's a brighter one, Janet. And a I greener so. one. I hope so. All right. Janet, lovely to talk to you. We will talk Thank again you. soon. And Bye-bye, uh, everybody. Look, look after Izzy. Will do. She look after me as well. All right. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye. Bye, everyone.